This is the Other Bundesliga podcast. The team have decided to forgo the comforts of our usual studio to sit in a sports bar on Vienna's glorious Ringstrasse and have a look at FC Salzburg's Champions League opponents with the help of our friends and colleagues from around the continent. for joining us here on the other Bundesliga podcast my name is Tom Midler and I'm joined here by Lee Wingate Simon Clark and producer Brian Mitchell who's been helping out greatly as uh, we put together these European special episodes this is one of a series looking at uh, the European opponents that the Austrian sides are going to face this year in their European group stage campaigns this one more specifically is about FC Salzburg as they're known in Europe and they're taking on the Champions League group stages for the first time in their modern history. Of course, we recently did an episode with uh, Salzburg coach Jesse Marsh, so if you keep an eye on our Twitter, you can certainly find that already, as many people around the world already have. There's a lot of insight from him there, uh, which was really nice to hear before Salzburg embark on this Champions League campaign. But we're more specifically looking this time at the opponents that they're going to face. The draw has happened. It's all come out. Red Bull Salzburg will face Liverpool, Napoli and Genk. What do you make of that draw? Quite an intriguing one in its own way. It is. It's never easy to face the reigning champions. Liverpool are going to be a very tough task. Napoli as well. They're familiar with them, having played them in the Europa League last season. And Genk, perhaps a team that they can get the better of. They are ranked lower than Salzburg in the UEFA ranking. I think it was interesting when we were at Salzburg for that interview with Jesse Marsh to talk to Christian Kirscher, the press officer. And he was saying, you know, after 11 years of trying to get into the competition, they want to be drawn against the big teams. They want to be playing the big boys. And I think they've got a draw that they'll be happy with. The Liverpool game is certainly going to be probably, I would say their biggest test of their incredible home unbeaten run which now stretches back 66 games in all competitions they did obviously lose at home to Chelsea and Real Madrid in the summer in those glamour friendlies it's going to be interesting to see if they can stand their ground against Liverpool Napoli and Genk when the Champions League group phase proper gets underway I think they'll be very happy with this group. Also, when we were talking to, to Kirker, he mentioned Liverpool as a team he would like to face. And also, Liverpool have two ex-Salzburg players in Sadio Mane and then Abby Keita. So that's two players going back to Salzburg. I think it, it, it's a group they can qualify from. They played Napoli last season and they, they lost in, in Naples, but they won quite handsomely in Salzburg. So there's no fear against Napoli. And the two games against Genk will be almost cup finals they have to win those games if they're going to qualify because Genk are the the easiest teams in quotes the easiest team in the group and I think what the most likely situation is going to happen is they're going to finish third and drop back into the Europa League that's that's what my prediction will be but I think there is a there is a chance they can qualify yeah it's a bit of mixed feelings for me with uh, this group stage draw of course it's the Champions League for the first time FC Salzburg taking on this competition you want them to be drawn against these massive sides as you've said I really wanted uh, an English speaking side somebody like Liverpool for me is the perfect draw of course the champions as well what a time to play Liverpool bit disappointed that they're facing Napoli just seeing as you know we've already seen them play against Napoli very recently as well it's uh, that was a little bit of a shame perhaps in a way but actually their first opponents will be Genk kicking off very soon against Genk at home there's going to be a brilliant atmosphere down in Salzburg for that. There's no doubt about that. We'll be there, of course, for that game. 
So we'll be able to bring you a lot of videos and uh, feedback from that game on Twitter, of course, and on Instagram as well. To hear things from the Genk perspective, we're going to hand over to Belgian football journalist Sven Klaas. Hello, my name is Sven Klaas from Flemish newspaper Het Belang van Limburg. Last year, Racing Genk became champion in the Belgian league. They just were, were the best uh, team in the league, um, even better than teams like Club Rouge and Anderlecht, of course, uh, with players like Alejandro Pozuelo, Leandro Tossar, Ruslan Malinowski, Joachim Mele, uh, Junja Ito, they just had the best team. Uh, players who could really surprise, players who can, with excellent free kicks, excellent dribbles. Um, it was a joy to watch in the Belgian league. Also, the reason why scouts from, from top teams like Chelsea, Man United, are always in the stands uh, since the last couple of years. Um, um, they still have a good team, of course. They bought a lot of new quality players like uh, Haji, of course. Um, yeah, he had some uh, playing uh, in Italy that wasn't a success, but now he's really motivated. And also uh, his father, for the famous Romanian international, is really supporting him. He think he can be a real surprise in the Champions League. They also bought some other big players from the Belgium League, like Thierbon Gonda. They only have one player with Champions League experience, and that's... Uh, uh, Patrick Orozovsky, so um, yeah, it would, will be really good uh, if they could only win one game, but we will see. KRC Genk in the Champions League wasn't really a success. Um, the team exists uh, 30 years, but they never were able to win one single game in the UEFA Champions League. So that will be their goal this season. Uh, yeah, of course, it won't be easy. Yeah, they play against better teams like, uh, yeah, of course, Liverpool and Napoli. Everyone is really excited uh, about those two games. Yeah. Players are really looking forward to playing historical stadiums. Um, so I think it's really good uh, that the team can start against uh, Salzburg. Maybe a team that that can surprise. Uh, Genk is a good team. They're doing really well. I hope uh, the Champions League can be a success uh, in a sold-out stadium. So FC Salzburg opening up the campaign at home to Genk. As you said, Simon, a massive must-win tie. That's, in a way, perhaps the most comfortable tie to open the campaign with. But it does put the pressure on by the same token because they really need to come away with three points. Yeah, it puts the pressure on, but it's the Champions League. Every game is pressurised. And um, they have to win this game if they have any chance of qualifying. And I think they will. They've started the season immensely well. Uh, Jesse Marsh having the best ever start for a new coach in the typical Bundesliga of all time. So uh, they've set up well uh, going into this first game. Uh, it's going to be a great occasion. Finally, after all these missed opportunities, they, they're finally in the Champions League group stages. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful occasion in Salzburg. And I think it will be uh, a comfortable win as well. I can't see Genk getting any result in Salzburg. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think Salzburg will comfortably win that game. Perhaps that's just... Uh over-optimism, but I think they're really going to want to make this count. They've been waiting 11 years to get into this competition. Now they're there, they're at home to start with, and I think they will continue over their very good domestic form into Europe. Um, it's interesting to hear um, from Sven there that, that Genk's expectations are really low going into this game. You know, they've never won a Champions League game before. Obviously, there's a first time for everything, but I think Salzburg will comfortably see this one out. And as you know, I like looking into my history book. And uh, they've come to Austria twice in the last five years, on both occasions playing Rapid Vienna in the Europa League groups. And they drew twice in 2013-14 before winning against Rapid at home in 2016-17 before losing 3-2 away at the Allianz Stadion. So some mixed results in Austria recently. And, but I don't think you can tell too much if you're Salzburg from those games. Yeah, and as if opening up 
at home in the Champions League wasn't exciting enough. Salzburg's match day two in the Champions League is away at Anfield, the home of champions Liverpool. What a place to go. What a tie that is for FC Salzburg. And we're going to hear a bit about Liverpool from Chris Williams, a UEFA and FIFA journalist who divides his time between the German Bundesliga and the English Premier League. Take it away, Chris. Hello, Tom, Lee, Simon and all your listeners. I hope you're excited for the start of the Champions League, a competition that has thrown together the best club in Austria with the best club in Europe. Of course, the European champions themselves, Liverpool FC. This is a big season for the Reds. They'll take to the field in European competition with an updated sleeve patch to show them as six times winners. Plus, they'll have the coveted holders badge on the other side. As I'm sure your listeners will know, Liverpool just missed out on their first domestic league title for 29 years last season, finishing with 97 points, but it still wasn't enough to pit Manchester City to the trophy. This season, Jurgen Klopp will aim to go one better and the Reds are primed at the top of their Premier League as the clubs took a break for the set of international fixtures over September. I'd be shocked if Liverpool defended their crown this season, but qualification from the group stage isn't even a minimum expectation. I think a semi-final appearance will be considered relatively successful. After back-to-back finals, the pressure is on to go deep in the competition once again. The two group games against Salzburg come in between a set of fixtures that Liverpool will be expected to win. October's game comes just before the visit of Brendan Rodgers and Leicester to Anfield, while December sees the Reds host Watford after their Salzburg exploits. Liverpool were notoriously poor on their Champions League group travels last season and this is an area they must improve on in a draw that has been relatively kind to the English side. Liverpool will hope to have their qualification sorted out from Group E before the game in Salzburg in December and if so, expect a rotated side that could give the Austrians the possibility to pinch a point or maybe even three. Thanks very much for that insight, Chris, into Liverpool. Really interesting to hear about uh, your thoughts on uh, their target, you know, of course, needing to get to probably the semi-finals to, be, uh, to regard this campaign as a success, but of course, counting the group phase as just uh, the first step. For Salzburg, I think it's very different to that, of course. I think internally at the club, there have been the sort of noises suggesting that they would also be happy actually coming third and dropping down into the Europa League and then perhaps, you know, having a real go at, at making their mark again in the Europa League this season. Who knows whether that will happen? But certainly given the calibre of their opposition, third place would seem to be a logical uh, place to aim for Salzburg. I think they will settle with third, but it was interesting to hear what Chris said at the end there about the fact that Liverpool could potentially already be through by the time they come to Austria and therefore could play a rotated side. That may boost Salzburg's hopes if they're still in contention to qualify at that stage of the group. So really, there's everything to play for and potentially even a third place finish could end up being a second place finish. Although that being said, Liverpool did of course go on to win the Champions League last season, but they only just scraped through the group. Um, against Napoli, interestingly enough, a side who they'll face again. Um, and the side that Salzburg will face on match day three. For the Napoli take on things, we're going to go over to Rich Hall, a Milan-based journalist who's the chief correspondent for Football Italia. Surely Red Bull Salzburg will be scared of Napoli uh, because they met last campaign and Napoli got the upper hand. But... What's this Napoli side like this season with Carlo Ancelotti? Everyone predicting that because of Medizio Sarri's introduction at Juventus, this is the season where Napoli can really push the old lady all the way. However, there's been problems. First and foremost, their first two games, they won an incredible 4-3 game against Fiorentina in the, the first game of the season. But 
against Juventus in the first, second game of the season. A real playoff already for the domestic championship in a sense. Juventus get the upper hand. 3-0 up at half-time. Juventus watch Napoli pull it back to 3-3 before in the 93rd minute Koulibaly scored an own goal giving them a devastating hammer blow early on. That's still seven goals shit and from my point of view here when you look at the likes of Genk, you look especially at Liverpool and Red Bull Salzburg, all of these teams can get at Napoli's defence early on. So it's interesting because Napoli have also other problems off the pitch. This week we've seen Carlo Ancelotti and the president De Laurentiis go absolutely crazy at the local authorities who own the San Paolo, their stadium, for not having even finished the changing rooms in three months. There's been renovations with the seat, there's been bits and bats, should we say, done to improve it, but nowhere near. It's still like a building ground and that has really caused a problem. They've had to play their first two games away from home. They're still positives uh, for Napoli, player of the year, Koulibaly is still there and now he's teamed up with Costas Manolas who's moved across from Roma. They finished second last year with 79 points and this is still, even though they've had that sort of a difficult start, people still think along with Inter they can really challenge. Now Carlo Ancelotti of course, um, he's expanded from Maurizio Sadic 4-3-3, he also plays a 4-4-2, he switches between those tactics, actually plays in-game. And, you know, as we said before, you know, Manolas, Costas Manolas coming in at that centre-back should uh, have really, <laughs> should have improved their defence. It's not worked yet, doesn't mean it won't. When you look at that squad, it's still very dangerous. So, like some meriting goal, is he's an exceptionally young goalkeeper, but again, you know, he needs time just to adapt. Uh, but really, where the problems always come from Napoli are up front. The likes of Insigne, the likes of uh, Calejon, Mertens and Milik, all of them can... Um, be absolutely devastating. Napoli can play some brilliant football. Uh, they're always dangerous on the counter-attack. Look, you can score goals against Napoli, but they'll probably score more. Rich Hall, thank you very much for the inside track on all things Napoli. Rich mentioned some of the well-known Napoli players there at the end. You know, obviously some big talents, Lorenzo Insigne and co uh, at Napoli. What about FC Salzburg's ability to fly under the radar in this Champions League campaign? It has to be said that we know a lot about them. They're looking uh, imperious in their pursuit of another Austrian Bundesliga title. Haven't put a foot wrong so far in the season. Tons of goals look basically impossible to break down at the back. Talent all over the field, especially in the attacking half. They've got so many good players. You know, Erling Braut Haaland is catching the eye for a lot of people in Europe, but he's just one of a hatful of very, very talented players who are cycling through this Salzburg side year in, year out. Is there a chance that they will be underestimated by the big sides in the Champions League this season? I think they're high profile enough now after some of their recent European exploits that they're not really going to be underestimated. Not anywhere like Lask or Wolfsburg or anyway. They are a known quantity. Some of their players you know, have, have, have gone on to do, to do really good things at other clubs in Europe over the last few years. So I think they are known now as a, as a very good footballing side. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like you, you mentioned there, Erling Braut Haaland. It will be interesting to see if he can exploit some of the defensive frailties Rich mentioned there at Napoli and potentially at Genk as well. Perhaps he might be taking home another match ball and making it his girlfriend for the night. That will be interesting to see. Um, but really, I think... I don't think Salzburg will be surprising too many people because they are a very, very good football team already and they are known around the continent already. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with Lee there. Um, if this game had come in like 2013-14, then maybe they would have been 
more of an unknown quantity. But now the Europa League regulars, they were semi-finalists two years ago. They've they've played and, and they've beaten some of the top names in European football, like Borussia Dortmund, Lazio, whatever. And also they, they are a factory of making stars, aren't they, really? I mean, they will play against two of them in, in for Liverpool, Sadio Mane and Naby Keita. The unknown quantity is Jesse Marsh. He will become the first American to manage in the Champions League and he started fantastically at Salzburg. Who knows how he'll play against Jurgen Klopp or Ancelotti. It'd be interesting to see, you know, these guys are the top of their field. They've won the biggest trophies. So how, how will Marsh cope against such opposition? Yeah, I agree. I'm particularly interested to see whether he's going to stick with this 4-2-2-2 that he seems to have been using consistently in the league and, and cup so far. That's been his go-to formation every time with a lot of high pressing and then fast transition going forward. What I'm really interested to see is if he adapts a little bit when he comes up against the bigger teams, perhaps Napoli away or the two games against Liverpool, if he tries to play more conservative or he tries to, tries to stick with this philosophy that he's employed to, to such good effects so far. So that's going to be really really interesting to observe from a, a tactical point of view I think. Yeah I think you're absolutely rightly considering that there's not really any team in Austria even second place Lask who can stretch Salzburg in that manner and make them change their own shape or, or switch up their philosophy to try and get results but in the Champions League surely that's going to be a different story. I would I would really hope that Salzburg will, would play the way they normally play in, in Champions League and they don't like play defensively against Liverpool or Napoli because the fact is Salzburg are so successful playing the high press and just attacking constantly that I think it would be a shame to see them change the way they play, particularly in these high-profile games that people will be watching. Many people for the first time watching Rebel Salzburg. Yeah, so it could be a good introduction to Austrian football for a lot of people. And I think it's just worth uh, sort of plugging the pod that we did with coach Jesse Marsh recently because he was uh, really open and, and really nice with us in that interview. And it was clear to see that the Red Bull mentality and the style of football that they play within Salzburg has really been something that he's bought into and he's sort of helped develop that himself as well. And I would suggest from that, from meeting him and and knowing what he's like and what motivates him, you have to expect that they will continue that, I wouldn't call it a gung-ho approach, but it might look gung-ho if you're not used to it. Um, It it has kind of become de rigueur in European football at the moment to play this free-flowing attacking football with the high press but it has to be said that Salzburg were doing that before it was popular you know they they were one of the proponents of that system and potentially they're playing quite a similar way to Liverpool and yeah interesting to see how the differences between that 4-2-2-2 and and Klopp's sort of three up front will pan out but we can't wait to see Uh, we're really looking forward to having Champions League football back in Austria once again we'll get to as many of those games as possible hopefully some away games as well We'll be following it and covering it, of course, on Twitter at Other Bundesliga, on Instagram as well at Other Bundesliga. You can follow as much as possible there and uh, listen up for our podcasts. We've got more podcasts on Lask and Wolfsburger, the other two sides who are playing in European competition this season in the Europa League. And I think before we say goodbye, the final word is going to be with producer Brian Mitchell. Brian, <laughs> how are Rebels Salzburg or FC Salzburg, sorry, how are they going to get on this year in the Champions League? Thanks, Tom. I'm not going to make any predictions. I'd just like to thank the boys from the other Bundesliga for allowing me to produce the show tonight. Needless to say, if you've any issues with the production, take it up with them and not me. <laughs> and all that's left to say is enjoy the football. Thanks a lot for joining us here on the Other Bundesliga podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, tweet us at Other Bundesliga and let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. All music on the Other Bundesliga appears courtesy of Gabriel Geber at Tongeber Studios. 
for something completely different, why not check out The Amelia Project, an audio fiction podcast co-produced in Vienna. <laughs>